Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of No Butts About It. I'm your host, Josh Butts, sitting in my dining room in Indiana. Chuss is in his basement in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we have Dose of Dion back to talk about the Lions. And uh, they've been in the news a lot lately, some good, some bad, lots of controversy surrounding the Detroit Lions, but that's why we have Dion here to kind of help us out. So how are you doing today, Dion? Man, I'm I'm glad I'm happy to be back, man. I'm glad that you had me back on. That means the first one wasn't a disaster. Um, man, hey, look, man, I'm I'm just I'm happy to be here. It's this is one of those things. It's like uh, it's like therapy to talk about this. Like I tell myself, I don't want to talk about. It, I want to move on. But at the same time, when you're like, hey, we might talk about the officiating. I'm like, all right, I'm pretty fired up to talk about the officiating. So I'm happy to be back, man. Thanks for giving me this platform. Oh yeah, we we are gonna talk about the officiating, and I watched your video, your initial reaction to that Lions-Cowboys game, and you said, I don't want to talk about the officiating. We haven't talked about the officiating. And I was like, you're going to talk about the officiating on my show. So, yes, we do. Uh, yes, we will. Thank first, you. <laughs> first, before we get into the officiating, uh, can you kind of, like, give me and Chuss your perspective of that final two-point conversion play, pass to Decker that should have maybe won the Lions that game, but instead uh, – ensued in the most chaotic penalty driven end of a game we've seen all year yeah I mean it this was a play that we've seen maybe not exactly like this we've seen the Lions run this kind of thing in the past and I think it made a ton of sense against this Dallas team I was going through this game again last night uh, specifically the red zone spots that we were in and Dallas is a team that man they're extremely man heavy as we know especially when you get to those spots so to me it makes a ton of sense because you know the best way to just not because it was hard. We weren't getting guys completely wide open in this game. They're very good in coverage. They switch man really well. So for us, I thought the, the best thing about that play was that you just don't have anybody covering him. Like, you don't expect to cover that guy. So the best way to get someone wide open when the field is so condensed, just confuse them defensively and just throw it to the offensive tackle. So I thought the play made a ton of sense. And then, of course, we're about to talk about the officiating. Obviously, they called him ineligible on the play, but they did get him wide open. So the play was smart. We've done something like it before. It's worked in the past. I can remember back uh, a couple years ago when, you know, we played Seattle. I think it was on the road, and we did a similar type of thing. So, you know, we've seen it before. It I've never seen it get called back necessarily, but – it's worked before, and it should have worked there. So, the play, I mean, that, that would have won you the game. What was kind of your reaction? We, we went from, okay, they got the two-point conversion. Okay, they, they're calling it back. Now they're probably going to kick it, right? No, we're going to go for it again. Another penalty on the Cowboys, so you get closer. Okay, let's kick it again. And Dan Campbell... The head coach has come out and said, I don't know if you've seen his radio interview, but he came out and said, no, don't, don't be nice to me. If you think it was a stupid decision, tell me it was a stupid decision. But, like, what were your kind of in that moment watching that? What were your emotions? Yeah, in the moment was definitely different than when I stepped back from it. In the moment, I was I was just saying, man, take the extra point. And it was it was one. I guess in a way, there's kind of a, it's kind of a two sided thing for me. One side is like, okay, I understand why you want to end it, especially if you feel like the officiating's been crazy. It's like let's not continue this game. Let's just get out of here. But at the same time, in the moment, I wanted to take the extra point because I thought we were I thought we had created movement offensively. We were able to run the football. I thought we'd be able to go win in overtime. So I was like, let's just play another quarter. I think we're better than this team. Let's go end it that way. Let's not like, you know, kind of do this, whatever we're doing right here. However, I think when I step back, I, I have to take it. And you may have heard me say this before, but I look at it from a bigger, you know, view than just that specific play, right? You can question him going for two over and over. I would also say that they had guys open on every single two-point play. The last one, not as much. But at the same time, I think when you look at it from a, a whole view, I can't question Dan Campbell's decision-making there because what Dan Campbell's aggressiveness has been, and not just like aggressiveness, like not thinking, because I think that's that's the narrative that can get painted to him. It's like he's just not thinking he's just aggressive no matter what. But that's not true. I mean, we've seen games where at times, you know, he punts it away or he pulls back based on how the game is going. But I think for him, his aggressiveness leading to the belief in all of his players is, I think, what has gotten the Lions to where they are. I mean, he's done things that it's crazy, but, you know, the stat still stands out to me. I mean, we've never won 20 games in a two-season span. That's unreal. So the fact that Dan Campbell's doing things like that, which is just different than what we've ever seen as Lions fans, it is it pulls back to, I think, the belief he's getting out of his guys, whether that's golf and clutch moments. There's no hesitancy. There's no questions. And everybody just expects to go make it happen. So when he tells you that, 
you're going to go do that. It almost kind of ties back to what they said, you know, I think a week ago when he said we're playing the starters this weekend. And then it's like, all right, well, man, we're going to need a lot to happen to even move up. What's the point? But it's like, well, he told him that. So he's playing the starters because he tells him straight up and there's no, there's not going to be any pullback because he's worried about something. Because I think when you get that, that's when players start thinking about it. And that's how he gets full confidence out of these players and the coaching staff. So, you know, in the moment, I want to take the extra point, but looking back, I have no issue with it. Trust, did you have any anything to add? Any questions? Um, yeah, I mean, when it so with that penalty during that two point conversion, um, obviously, how how did you feel with that call from the referees? Do you think it was kind of like a BS call? Do you think there should be changes in some some officiating? Maybe like some changes in the rule book? Like what 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 is going on in your head as a Lions fan going forward? after that <clears throat> after that like play that occurred with the mess up on the two point conversion cuz i definitely should have cuz i <clears throat> i was i was there watching the game with a with a friend of mine and it was another friend of ours birthday and we were watching the game and i kid you not so my championship fantasy football team has th- had three lines players on it oh, and it had so it had david montgomery amon Ra, and uh, laporta so I was like really like just zoning in on the lines to win. And obviously, like from a Steelers fan, like I'm not a Cowboys fan. I I, I can't root for the Cowboys. There's too much, there's too much dis- yeah. dislike there. And you know, rooting for the Lions. And Alvarado's been a honorary rookie Lions fan this season. So, you know, obviously rooting for them to win. We were so happy when they got the two point. We got mad when it was called back and all of the crap that happened. And uh we def like everybody that was watching the game, like not even just us, were just like so disappointed. So, and we felt that like the refs kind of like screwed it over a little bit. But like from Alliance fans' perspective, like what do you what do you think needs changed, if anything? Well, we'll- at all? Yeah, I mean, I'll start here first. I don't think anybody likes the Cowboys unless you're a Cowboys fan. So I think, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, I think yeah. nobody roots for There's not like a fan out there. It's like, man, my Cowboys and my second team, like, no, they're not. No, they're not. They, they, they're second to bottom on everybody. Here's the thing, man, for me, with <laughs> this, and, and this is kind of picking up for where I left off with the video. I know uh, Josh said that he saw this, but just to add more to this, my issue with the officiating is never really the holding calls. I mean, there's times where I'm frustrated. Like every fan is like, oh, how'd you miss that one? But there's a lot of those things that can be like small and back and forth. My issue with the officiating stems back to they leave so many things up for inconsistencies to be okay, but then they don't change anything. Like there's real rules that could be put in place so that some calls that you kind of just seemingly leave up to fate for some reason shouldn't be that way because they've been this way for the whole time. So I started just listing examples from this last game, but then I also take it back. Like, I think if we go back and, you know, as Lions fans, we know this well, but I go back to a play, we played Atlanta and it was golden Tate. He scores, Final play of the game, we're like, man, we won the football game, right? They call him in the end zone. Then they go back and review it, and they say, no, he's short. So because they reviewed it and said he's short because essentially they called it wrong on the field, they said we need to have a runoff. So they ran the clock out, and we lose the football game. Those kind of examples make mad because it's like, hold up, y'all got it wrong. Why do we have a 10-second runoff? Because you call him short, we can go up there and snap it again. You guys just called it wrong, so the game's over. And that's the issue that I have is, you know, you also saw in this game outside of that play, we're called for illegal contact on one of them, but two times Dak Prescott just throws it right over the receiver. Not even close. I mean, he's 30, 40 yards past the receiver, and there's no intentional grounding. And I wouldn't be mad at that if I've never seen that called grounding. But because this year I've seen that play happen, and I've seen them get called for grounding because he's just standing in the pocket throwing it to nobody, I'm like, how is? where's the difference here? He's doing the same thing, and he does it twice. So it's things like that. Obviously, you can talk about, well, he ran into the punt returner. They didn't throw anything there either. But it's just like leaving delay of games up the chance for some reason. Why don't we have some sort of system in place where when it hits zero, immediately you're triggered, ah, hit zero, throw a flag. Instead of like, let's look down and see, like, what – that doesn't make any sense. Why would we leave that up to chance still? There's no reason it should be that way. So for this one, this is a weird one because, like, you know, they're always just finding new ways, it feels like. But this is a weird one because I I like I don't I don't know how you fit like the fact that the NFL put out the video of basically how to report eligible is is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Like they got they they used to get at least they used to give us apologies. They used to come out and be like, man, we apologize. It was wrong. We missed this. And it was like, dang, as Lions fan, oh, they're not gonna change the win, so we're still mad. But this time they're like, no, hold up, y'all need to watch this video. Like, are you serious right now? That's what you're gonna give us. So that that's where I'm upset with this one because there's I, I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, I obviously we don't get the audio from it, but whether we want to talk about okay. 
and, and I'll just go right here right now. I don't know if you guys were to ask about this, like, is this legal formation or whatnot? First off, it, it's going to be a legal formation because you could hear the broadcast saying, man, oh, this is legal formation. You could throw all these things. It's not a legal formation if Decker's eligible. He has to be uncovered because there has to be one guy on the ball on each side of the field. So there's that side of it. But it seemed like what the Lions try to do, and we've seen teams do this in the past, they have multiple guys go out there and they have their jumbo, you know, offensive linemen go out there as well to play that sixth offensive lineman role, but they almost don't want them to hear it. Though they announced it, they announced it wrong on the speaker. They said Dan Skipper was eligible. Lions don't have a timeout. So even if they hear that, they can't be like, well, let's just take a delay of game. Can't just take a delay of game. They get it wrong. You're trying to have the defense not hear, and it worked because the defense clearly didn't hear because no one covered Taylor Decker, but at the same time, I guess they thought that Dan Skipper was eligible. So I don't know. It's more so just about the inconsistent things to me that we see every week. And the officiating in the NFL, I think, is just absolutely terrible in spots this year. And I don't know how you fix it. Only thing I could think of is maybe that's, you know, a full-time officiating. Like, that that seems to make the most sense. Maybe get some of these dudes off TV that are getting paid a ton of money and like, hey, man, we're, they're paying you more to be there than actually officiate the game. We have money. It's the NFL, all right? They're making tons of money. Let's just pay the officials and get this thing figured out. So that, to me, seems to make the most sense. But, yeah, I don't know. It's like they're okay with just having issues, so I don't really bank on them changing anything. So two things. Did you watch the video that they put out about uh... – man. Did you, like, actually watch it? I watched a couple of seconds. I turned it off. I'll be so, honest. I didn't watch the whole thing. My favorite part of the video is they show, like, the thing of Decker walking up to the ref. But then when they talk about, like, the formations and stuff, they still circle Skipper as the eligible receiver. So they showed Decker reporting in the video that the NFL put out and then proceed to just, like, gaslight Lions fans. Like... I don't know. And I was very confused about this whole thing because I was like, I don't think he was eligible because I thought, was it Reynolds who was lined up next to him? I thought he was covering him, but then I saw a different angle and it was like, no, he's, he's all right. We're all good here. Decker's eligible as a receiver. If he reported, which then it looked like he did. And Skipper, wasn't even the guy who like walked up with Decker to report because there were two guys there, but it looked mm-hmm. like Skipper just kind of like walked by the ref and like yeah. said hi or something, but didn't say anything else. Like if they were like Penny yeah. Sewell, I think it was Penny Sewell right. who was with him. Yep. So was like, with him. Hey, this guy reported. It would be like, okay, they're both standing there. Makes sense. But no, they, uh, they picked another random guy. <laughs> yeah yeah the skipper's running over late in the play and i guess and and you know dan campbell the way that he explained it after the game as well is it was that simple right i mean we had we had decker report they said that skipper reported so i don't know if he was just confused or what happened that's the only thing it's, it's really just that simple right i mean you just had the wrong guy basically on the play and you know i guess that's where it goes down but the the more frustrating thing is where dan campbell tells you that yeah before the game we laid out that this is one of our plays that will run and then he still have it wrong. And you can see Dan Kipper, he was frustrated on the sideline because he was he made it kind of feel like for sure, like maybe he was maybe he was joking. Maybe he did report and he's like, dang, I messed up there. Let me really sell this. But he was frustrated, man, because he was like, yo, I did not. I did not report. So, yeah, I guess it was just that simple. It's a simple little thing, I guess. But I don't know. It cost a lot. Do you, do you think so? You mentioned full time refing. Do you think ref grades? would uh help because like you, you talked about getting guys out of the broadcast booth who had been refs before but i don't think gene sterator is going to want to come back and uh ref again with all and officiate after all the hell the refs kind of get these days and he's sitting right. up in his cushy booth only having to talk like three or four times a game but uh i mean ref grades something where like hey this is what uh, this team graded you, this team graded you, and get them, like, right after the game, but then also maybe a week later or so so that, like, emotions are out of it or less so out yeah. of it. But also, like, if you get below a certain grade, because Brad Allen, the officiating head official who was on this game, he is notorious for having bad calls. And I know Bengals fans hate Ron Tolbert, who is another head official. Because he has mm-hmm. blown so many calls for Bengals games, such as the Logan Wilson holding call that was not oh, right. holding in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. But um... <laughs> ring, ring the pit boy, baby, ring the pit boy. 
<laughs> Aaron Donald. Oh, I, I feel I still feel bad for T Boy. Getting ahead, these guys graded, and if they're below a certain grade, they have to go back. Because the only thing I know about Brad Allen is he looks like Charles from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he's bad at officiating. That should not be the two things that I know about him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I guess it, it makes sense. I mean, the only thing I could think of, man, if you're getting paid right, like, you'll do it. Like, you know, like, if I'm getting paid the right money to be out here, like, if I'm getting paid good, I don't care about none of the, you know, scrutiny that comes with some of the missed calls that people may think that I have because I'm getting paid right for this. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you also look at, you know, this whole brand, I mean, he's doing another big game, another playoff implication game again this weekend. And remember, the initial report was, oh, he's probably not going to get a playoff game. So I was like, okay, at least maybe they're pulling back on it a little bit because when you have things like this, there, ha- there has to be some sort of consequence. Like, there has to be, like, okay, we're not giving him this game or maybe he's off. I, I don't know. But then all of a sudden you put him in a playoff implication game. It's like, wait a minute, why would you put him in that spot? So it's like, can you not find officials? And if you can't find officials, man, you better raise that pay because it should be easy to find officials at the NFL. Like, pay these dudes so that way you can find guys that are willing to do this, I guess. I, I don't know if that's the issue or what. I don't know. But I think that makes sense. Maybe like a, maybe like a little grade system. I mean, in the moment, to your point, if you did it right away, every team would probably hate the officials. <laughs> so it may not be great. You know, everybody's giving Fs out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, may, and maybe that's something that the, the league – because I feel like a lot of times the league will come out and say we had this wrong, right? So maybe the league can almost just do their own grading system, which is why this one feels so weird because if Skip, if Taylor Decker did report as eligible, then why are you putting this video out there? Because at least if you just said, hey, we were wrong on this one, then you could come back and now you got a legit grade because like, he was wrong. All right, well, knock him for that. But if you're like trying to like, no, he was wrong, he was right. They, they love Brad Allen. He's got something. I don't know. All right, Brad Allen's doing something off the scenes that we don't know. But the thing is, man, so – I don't know. I like that. I like the grade thing. Maybe, maybe from the NFL kind of deal. That way the teams aren't just all upset about it because I know teams send in like questions about certain things. But yeah, I think that I think it makes sense. Something needs to change, whatever that is. It's, it's been the conversation every week. Uh, Browns, yes. Browns, Colts, Bengals, Chiefs, Lions, Cowboys. Like all of these are big games that have. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure there's a Steelers game, too, that it's happened to that I'm not. Well, and it, <clears throat> I think this year it's gone a lot more in our favor than against us because our games have been so low scoring that like we'll be up like I like twenty four, you know, sixteen or like or, or not. No, that's I think that's a little too generous. Sixteen ten, we'll be up like sixteen ten, and like at the end of the game they'll be like they'll call something on like whatever team, and then it'll be like Steelers win the game because of this call. So I don't really. We haven't really faced it, but I know that it's probably affected other teams this year, which I guess I'm I'm not that thankful for in the outside way of looking at it, but in the inside internal way for the Steelers uh, love in me, um, I'm thankful for it, I guess. But I mean, it's going to come back to haunt me one day. So, <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, hey, you got you got something for the Steelers. The, Let Steelers, know. the Steelers fans are suddenly admitting that they're favored by the refs was all I was going to say. Uh, no, no, I, this, I, 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 there's definitely been years. I, I will say during that AB, during the killer bees era, we def, there was definitely some rough calls. I mean, that, that catch, I'm not talking about that, like Patriots catch necessarily. Cause that, that like took the, the world by storm. Uh, when it was, um, I think it was, I, I don't, I want to say it was like Vance McDonald at that year, whoever it was, but, um, but like it was like right, it was like so close to the end zone. If we would have, and if he would have gotten the touchdown, or it was Jesse James, it was Jesse James. Yeah. If he would have gotten that touchdown, oh, yeah. we would have we would have beaten the Patriots and gotten like the one seed or something or one of the buys. But um, I'm not necessarily talking about that. But like we've definitely had our fair share of getting screwed at points during during those eras. So I'm not as bothered with uh, being favored a little bit now. But even then. I think we'll all be favored at some point, I guess, down the line. Because, listen, I think Detroit's in a perfect position to have a golden boy. I'm sure Josh, the Bengals, will be in a perfect position to have a golden boy. Just like, you know, no with way. Kansas City. You, you think about Kansas City a little bit. You know, now I'm starting to throw out conspiracies and all of that. You know, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's get, let's get away from all of that, I guess. But, but yeah, Kansas City's still. The refs probably. sold their soul to Taylor Swift. Oh, my. That's- <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's something. <laughs> Deon, what were you gonna say? Look, no. Only thing I was gonna say is because like you're bringing up just games from this year, it's like bad when I could just come up with random examples. Top of my head, like immediately came to my mind: Green Bay, Kansas City. Now I understand I'm not ever rooting for Green Bay, right? And so I had to be rooting for Kansas City in that one. But still, like the 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 obvious pi that they missed at the end of that game, I was like, wait, what? So 
And look, and again, the the issue that I have is not always like these in between calls because sometimes you know they're they're just tough on on the fly. And I don't know why they took away reviewing anything. I understand they weren't overturning any PIs. I would bring that back. I'm cool with the game slowing down. If we got review. Let's just get the dang thing right. I'm fine with that. Um, but I guess then it would also take them also understanding what rules are like. What is a catch? That's still something. It seems like we're trying to figure that out. But um, <laughs> I guess to, to, to our man's point right there. But then I even. But then it's like. You can you can see it at you know you're happy when your team gets it right like and it goes in their favor but I I can still you know as a Lions fan see times where their team is like dang that was pretty bad obviously a lot of it comes like roughing calls but then there's also you know like again the delay of game kind of thing where I saw earlier this year this is the example earlier this year the Lions there was like a half second difference so they let the clock run and they said nothing there's like all right we're gonna end the quarter or whatever and it's like okay cool next time we do it they threw a flag like, wait a minute we let we got away with this last time and then in this game you saw i think it was dallas that tried to do it they get called with the flag so that's where it's like all right i can understand how there's confusion here because i wouldn't be surprised if early in the year dallas didn't have this called against them and all of a sudden they do so the, that's just the that's the most frustrating thing because there's certain things that could be better processed and they don't they just don't have any answers for it for some reason and they'd be easy things to fix Speaking about Packers, though, real quick, I, I I know that Josh, you sent me this this uh this clip a couple of uh, weeks ago, back in November or whatever. We played the uh, when we played the Packers, and uh, you remember when Kenny Pickett threw that like backwards pass to Jalen Warren? They called it an incomplete pass, and it probably should have been a fumble. Yes. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely maybe maybe there's uh, maybe the refs are up for the uh, for the, for the um, Packers maybe a little bit. I mean, um, a lot of darn time, you know what I mean? Yeah, but um, but yeah, I um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely noticeable. I mean, it like I, I know this is was even a long time ago, but like I, I feel like I don't know if it's just this year. It's just so much more amplified that I'm noticing it. But like even that uh, Rams Saints game, I still have a picture on my phone of the referee looking right at that pass interference oh. play during that. Uh, I I don't know. I think it was the divisional of the NFC divisional. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I have a picture on my phone still of the ref staring right at the play as it's happening. And they're like, there was no PI on that. And I was like, and I don't know why I kept that on my phone, but I was just so upset by the fact that like there was so much like ref, like referee bad stuff going on. Yeah. And now it still doesn't. And now it's like, un, like it doesn't phase me anymore, but it still bothers me like so much. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm in high school and I'm like, the refs <laughs> deserve to, the refs deserve to perish and you're like whoa dude chill out it's not that deep bro and it's like and then but but here we are let's let's hope for a change i guess it's not that deep till they let aaron donald (laughs) yeah off sides and kill okay All right. Well, okay. Well, Joe Burrow, he's he's okay. Well, not this season, but he's okay. He's not dead. He's okay. He didn't. He didn't. Aaron Donald didn't kill him that bad. But should have won that game. Jamar was wide open. Never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, my my thing is is uh, the I hate the one thing I hate hearing, and I get it when fans are like, "Oh man, don't let the officials matter. They're gonna matter." The games are too close in the NFL. I think it's like 50% of games come down to one score. They're going to matter. So the idea is great on paper. I understand it. Let's just take it out of their hands, beat them by two touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds beautiful, but that's that's not how it goes. All right, these official calls are going to matter. So I know I may be alone on that, but I'm okay with reviewing everything. Like the PI thing, for example, I would be cool with teams being able to challenge PIs again. Even if you're not going to overturn, but one out of 50, like it's okay with me because that, that saints, you know, uh, Rams one, I don't know if it was like within four minutes or something like that, but that's like one right there. You challenged that. And that should be, I mean, if that's not overturned, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That one should have been overturned. So yeah, like I'd be cool if that was back in the NFL. Same I, with roughing. Yeah. I was going to say they really should bring that back. Cause I always, I always complained about certain situations where I'm like, that was not PI or like that, that, that play was just terrible. Like, I don't know where they're catching PI from. And like right. the idea of like challenging that being like refs, you guys suck, like go back and review. It. And then they're like, Oh wait, Oh, they, he only touched him a little bit. Oh, it's overturned. And then it, and it changes everything. And then next thing you know, it, you know, the game is flips completely upside down because no, there's no PI at, at that point. So, but I, don't know. I, I like that idea. I, I wish that they would bring that back. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe, hopefully, they will because may, there's got to be something drastic that happens. Maybe in like the playoffs where something like Boy. a Saints Rams thing happen again, and everybody like <laughs> protests the NFL. You know. So, but 
so two things. I think, first of all, my main issue is inconsistency within one game. So, like, using a Lions game, Jawan Taylor lined up offsides pretty much the entire game. And that was a huge thing, like, week one. Everyone was tweeting about it. It was the first game of the year. Because, like, it wasn't even a little bit. It was very clearly, like, mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor was offsides. Um, and he was technically false starting. And they didn't call it the that. entire game. And I I was kind of more okay with I still thought it was stupid because I hate the Chiefs, but I I was more okay with them doing that than letting them play all game and then all of a sudden it, during the two minute warning being like, Oh yeah, that's a penalty and just start right. throwing flags and letting that like the guys are gonna take advantage of stuff if you let them take advantage of something. That makes sense. Agreed. Anyone's gonna do that. If you're letting me play like hand hands back and forth with the receiver the whole game, I'm gonna keep doing that. But if with 30 seconds left, game winning throw, game winning pass, you're gonna call a penalty on me for doing something that I have been doing the last 59 minutes and 30 seconds of the game. What that makes no sense. That's annoying from a yep. player's perspective, fan perspective. So that's what I want to see as a fan. It's just more consistency within one game. Also, I think on replaying, uh, like doing reviews of penalties, I think you have to add a caveat in there where you can't find another penalty on the replay. I think you can only review uh, penalties that have been thrown. So, like, I don't want this guy to be like reviewing a holding call and then them to look like down oh, a little yeah. bit and be like, Oh, but Aiden Hutchinson tripped a guy. So we'll call that instead. Cause that, yeah. that, that just gets stupid. <clears throat> yeah. I'm done with that. Okay. So we're, we're all on the same page. Yeah. We fixed the NFL. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, get, get us on the board. Get us on the board. Like <laughs> Roger Goodell. We're, we've got it all figured out. I am a very, very cheap uh, person. You can afford me, I promise. But um, <laughs> let's let's move on to the positives for the Lions for Dion here. You guys made the playoffs for the first time since uh, 20, 2015. Is that right? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Okay, so it's been a little bit. Uh, what first time winning the NFC North in the history of the division? You guys won the NFC Central back in '93, I believe, when my parents were getting married. Um, so it's been a bit. There you go. So what? <laughs> what were your? What were your reactions to winning that game? Being one of the first teams to uh, win a division this year and clinch a playoff berth. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was great because it was like a lot of what the story has been this year for the Lions which has felt different, but it's like just finding a way to win it when it feels like everything is going going wrong at the end there. Like that's one of those spots where you you guys know it's like when you drop an interception and then the very next play they score a touchdown. It's like, "Oh, dang, he dropped that, uh, you know they're scoring." Right? Yeah. That was that was that game where it was like, "Okay, they fumble and John Kaminsky doesn't dive on it. It's third and 27. It's like, oh, dang, we're going to lose this game. And then they, they have the big conversion, right? They just throw it up to Jefferson. He catches it. So, like, that's the one that you lose in that spot because you just lost your opportunity. You had it right there. You were up by six, and now you gave them the chance to go win it. But the Lions bounced back, and they just found a way to get it done. I think it's been a lot of this year is just even though things like the momentum could go the complete wrong way, they still have found a way to get out of that which has been the, the best thing. But, yeah, winning the division, it was nice because, like, this Dallas game, for example, while I was upset, man, if that thing was for a playoff spot, oh, my goodness. I'd, I'd be uploading videos today about that still because, <laughs> it, I mean, <laughs> though, that could mean so much, right? Like, so the fact that we already had it locked in, it, it, it stinks because I think we would at least got the two, so you probably got to – I think we could have got the one seed, but you still are comfortable because you know that you're in there. And I, I don't really know what to do with it. It's weird. Like, like it's kind of like the the Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands kind of deal because I, I don't know what to do with this. Like, it's it's it feels really weird that we've won the division, but it's also something that the Lions absolutely needed was to get a home game in the playoffs. And I, I and look, I don't know who we're going to get, but it seems like it's either going to be the Packers or it's going to be the Rams. So either way. I would love to just see what that crowd looks like at that game. I mean, that thing has to be insane. I, I've been to a, I was it was I at the primetime game? I think I was like at one primetime game, and the thing was 
just nuts in there. So I would love to see what the energy is like for that. So it was it was weird, but it was awesome to take advantage of it, especially when the division was kind of shaky this year in terms of just record. Like teams are coming on here late, but no one was really great this year. And we've seen times in the past where Packers fall apart with injuries, the Bears, everybody's injured, and we still don't take advantage of it. It was great to just take advantage of it and do it on the road too, right? Go go to someone else's house and do it there was the biggest thing. Did you? I'm trying to remember. Did you guys lock that against the Vikings, right? That yeah, was the game. with the win. Was yep. Nick Mullins starting yet? He was. That was Nick Mullins starting, yep. Okay, so Chuss's favorite quarterback. Who the Bengals no, lost no, no. No, Nick Mullins is bad, bro. I, I literally, I, I, I went to a Steelers Philadelphia Eagles preseason game in 2021, and the Steelers won, and I was happy about it. But Nick Mullins went in as the third string quarterback for the Eagles, and literally just blew it for the Eagles completely. And my friend that actually won the hat, the guy that won the hat, was with me in Philly, and his caption for like his like going to Philly dump or whatever on Instagram, his caption was Nick Mullins sucks. And so since then, it was just like a Nick Mullins uh, dislikement uh, train because I was like, I don't it's nothing against the dude because I'm sure he's a great guy, but I just didn't think he was ever that good. So I didn't really understand why they were starting him. But I mean, at least you guys you guys definitely benefited from it because he was he went he kind of went a little pick crazy at one point. He had he was he was not throwing real good darts at points. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Watching that game, and like you mentioned, like Justin Jefferson got that big pass, and I remember watching against the Bengals, Nick Mullins was playing, and there were some times when we went into overtime against them, Ty Chandler had a phenomenal game, and we're, you're just yep. like, what? We're not about to lose to Nick Mullins, which Bengals lose to backup quarterbacks all the time. That is their bread and butter. They will lose to the most <laughs> random guy off the street. But I was like, we are not going to lose to Nick Mullins. And we didn't. But was there a concern for – because the Lions were in that slump at the time. People were saying, hey, Jared Goff needs to be benched. I was hearing people call for Hendon Hooker to start, which I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't even know what this guy's going to get you. And you want to start him in December when your quarterback is still healthy? Uh, When you're watching that game and seeing Justin Jefferson – make that pass and you're like okay this is the beginning of the end for the lions great season what what are those uh thoughts like yeah no to your point right there as they say you know the backup is always everybody's favorite you know everybody loves the backup they love the backup quarterback then they put him in they're like oh gosh who's this guy why do we put this guy like we don't have a better backup than this uh i no, i get that and especially in the first year as a lions fan like most of the games that i went to at some point there was a crowd saying you know, bench golf, put, put David Blau in the game. And the one game I was there where they actually did it, they put Blau in the game. It was like two plays in the dude fumbles. <laughs> it's like, like this, it's like, it's, it's bad, but it's, it's, I think it's uh, for a fan. Like it's a, it can be an easy way to kind of get out of like the mess is like, man, we just got to change something. And the easiest way to do this is just change the quarterback. I guess, obviously we should not do that for Nick Mullins. Where I was, and I'll say this, we play him again this weekend. He's going to start again this weekend. Like, versus Jaron Hall, versus the options they have. I was kind of surprised they got off of Josh Dobbs after just kind of struggling for a minute there. But <laughs> Jaron Hall was a mess in the first half. And I'll say, that, yeah, he was a mess. I see you laughing. He was he was awful. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, dang, this looks like he's he looks completely lost playing quarterback. However, Nick Bowens, when I watch him, like, he can move the ball specifically because it's almost like he gives he gets it to Justin Jefferson. Like, as soon as Nick Mullins stepped in the second half, it's like, ball's going to Jefferson. He's going to get in the football. So, he can move the ball. What you get with Mullins, though, is you get just, like, bad mistakes at bad times where it's just like, why did you even try that? Like, he's getting sacked. He just throws it up in the air. Was that was that against the Bengals where he's getting sacked? He threw it up, and then the screen that was taken back for a pick six, yes. right? Like, you'll get, you'll get those things where it's like he's moving the ball really well, and he's he, – man, he's on time. He's accurate. He's kind of accurate for a lot of the part, but then he'll just do something really dumb. And he has just a couple of those moments. So that's been the issue, I think, with Mullins. But as a Lions fan, I'd rather be dealing with Jaron Hall this week because I think from a consistency spot, I don't know what the heck I'm going to get there if Jaron Hall's out there. Only thing with Mullins is he doesn't run, so I guess that helps. But, yeah, I mean, he just – I guess he made a mistake in the biggest moment, too, in that game. I mean, it was a good play by Iffy, but he made he made a big mistake at the end there kind of forcing that thing. So, I don't know. I mean, look – I. I don't take Nick Mullins lightly because I know he can move the football and he's going to get it to Jefferson. It's hard to cover that guy. Well, so Jaron Hall, let's talk about him real quick. Oh, man. (laughs) He backed up Zach Wilson at BYU. So that tells you a little bit. 
And then the entire game, the Vikings-Packers game, Chris Collinsworth sounded like he had money on Nick Mullins over that he <laughs> set before the game and then was like, oh, shoot, they're starting Jaron Hall. Because, like, from the beginning of the game, he's like, you know, uh, Ke- Kevin O'Connell, we'll see if he can win with Jaron Hall, but I think their best chance to win is really with Nick Mullins out there. So then whenever Nick or uh, Jaron Hall threw an incomplete pass, Chris Collinsworth is just like, you wonder how long they're going to let Jaron Hall stay <laughs> out there before they put in Nick Mullins. And I'm like, Dang. this guy, like, he's a rookie. It's not like it's a Tim Boyle or, like, someone who's been in the league for a while and is just awful. It's like. No, this is his first year. He played terrible, but Chris Collinsworth had no faith in him from the beginning. Um, and you, you're saying you'd rather go up against Jaron Hall, and I don't blame you, but, yeah, Nick Mullins sucks. Jaron Hall sucks. Does Josh Dobbs, like, worry you at all? Um. I mean, he. Like, I thought Josh Dobbs was good. Like, I remember when Josh Dobbs got moved, I was, I was stuck in the Jets when went and got him. I was like, man, if I was a Jet, I'd go. and I'd like Josh Dobbs from the Cleveland Browns in the preseason. Every time we watch the Browns, obviously Browns games are always on here. I was like, man, I like that Josh Dobbs, dude. So when, you know, he got his chance to start in Arizona, I was like, oh, this guy's actually playing pretty well. So I thought the Jets should have made that move. It doesn't sound like they're going to Dobbs. I, I, I think Dobbs would give me concern just because he he just adds a he adds like the unpredictable element to the game where it's like he might just take off and then it's like all right everything's kind of breaks down here. But I think Nick Mullins honestly gives me the most concern, truly, because I think you know you can expose him by making big mistakes, right? Like he may make some big mistakes in big spots, but if he's not put it in bad spots, to, like if you look at his interceptions, he racked up interceptions. Um as in absolutely. However, a lot of those interceptions, you know, they were on like third and ten. You know, third down, they were going to punt regardless. So it wasn't like on first down, he was giving us the football. He was giving us in spots where it was like, we were probably going to get the ball regardless there. We just made a nice play. And then obviously outside of the last one, that was like the really one that, you know, was actually in play. If he doesn't throw that, they still could have scored on that possession. So he gives me the most concern because I know he'll keep them on script. And the big thing for that game was I was very worried about how our offense is going to perform. Uh, with Brian Flores, but our offense was awesome. And and Ben Johnson did a great job in that one. He had an excellent plan. So he's going to stress our offense. But I think being at home, you know, you want to believe that that home field advantage with the crowd is going to force him to make some mistakes, especially if he falls into a hole there. So I'm not really concerned about playing anyone. I guess you could say Josh Dobbs because I don't think he's the kind of guy that's, you know, going to give you the football. Nick Mullins, I think, will if he's in a bad spot, and I think he'll be in a bad spot on Sunday. Hutch is going to put some pressure on him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's playing against the backup right tackle again. It, it's, it's probably. And then they got you know they got they got my man CD Deuce or CJ Gardner Johnson coming back. He'll probably get, take one away too. So okay. I expect some turnovers. Is he leaving the blue ski mask at home this time though? Man, I I kind of hope he wears it under the helmet. I mean, it might be a little hot because we're indoor, but like, like yeah. I mean, if you were to wear that under the helmet, and I'm with it. I I'd wear it if I were him. It's his thing now. Maybe get my little logo on there or something. I start selling that thing. Yeah. I make that a brand. Though, he, was like, he was like, that didn't go well the last time I wore it. I'm a... <laughs> right, right. Well, probably, hey, I think that was the game he was injured, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. well, I guess so that makes sense. Was, yeah. He was like, no. Nah. Yeah, um, okay. That makes sense. Trust, did you have anything? Yeah, Um. so <clears throat> real quick, going into um, the game on Saturday against the Vikings since we were, we were talking about it, do, do you think – so? there is an outside chance you can get the second seed, correct? If you were to win yep. on Saturday. So even with this outside chance, like you obviously have clinched the division already and whatnot. Do you think that it's a smart idea to start all of your, like all of your starters on Saturday? Like, I, I don't know where you would think going into that game, but yeah, it you know. is. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I, I don't like, like I said earlier, like Dan Campbell's definitely playing his starters. And the way that we could get to the two seed is we win. Dallas loses to Washington. Philly also loses to the Giants. So it's unlikely, but both those teams are set to play at four. We play at one. So we'll get to see those results if we handle business. So, you know, you won't know. You won't know that you're already out of that. I guess they put on Saturday, you could make a different decision. My thing is this if you're going to play the starters, Decker better be healthy. And he had full participation yesterday. If Decker's not playing, there's no way I'd play golf in this game. There's no shot. I just, I don't want him out there. And I know that that's, you know, they usually take that. Well, if we're playing the starting quarter, the offensive line has to play. So if there was, if there was pieces missing, I would not play golf in this game. But I also think there is a sense that they kind of want to get whatever just happened 
that taste out of their mouth. They don't want to roll into the playoffs with that last thing being their memory, right? And then just being fired up about that, amped about that. And then we out here making mistakes. We fall into a hole and now we're just lost. I think they just want to kind of settle that. And I think the best way to do it is trying to get a win here at the end. I know every team has a different approach. I guess technically because you can move up, you, you play your starters. I don't know. Like if it was me, right? If I'm on Madden, I'm not playing my starters. I'm sitting everybody. I want nobody hurt, but I guess it's real life. And I think there's an emotion side to it. And like I said, Dan Campbell told him they would, he said they'd rest when the season's over like weeks ago. So I think you had, I don't think you can really pull back. Plus if you're thinking about getting hurt, I think that's when you get hurt. So you're just, you know, you're playing in this game. Everybody's playing this game. And you just, your focus is like, let's just get whatever just happened out of our mouth. And I think you push the players. Hey, we can get the two seat. Like it's still there. Those teams can lose. There's no doubt Philly can lose. I mean, they look terrible. And yeah. then, you know, maybe Dallas, you know, Dallas losing to watch, probably not, but there's a there's a chance. We'll find out though. We don't know the results. So I, I think, yeah, you just you kind of almost like last year with Green Bay. You knew you were out of the playoffs, but you you still went out there to go beat them and knock them out of the playoffs. So I think you just want to get that taste out of your mouth. Yeah, and Dan Campbell is a very aggressive coach as well. Like like you mentioned yeah. the Green Bay game. He said, if we're not making the playoffs, then they're not making either. I love that. Yep. That's why I love Dan Campbell so much. He maybe goes for it a little bit too much on a fourth down, but Hey, it worked. So, yes. um, yeah. So what players are you most excited to see in this playoff run? I mean, you guys stole Jameer Gibbs from the Bengals in the draft and he's played a lot better. Um, you've got Sam Laporta has been looking great. Uh, Jared Goff is kind of coming out of that slump, which a lot of the NFL playoffs are just who gets hot when, who plays good enough throughout the season to not get eliminated. And then in December gets really hot going into January. So, uh, right. who, who is exciting you right now? Well, I think to your point, you just made that kind of just answers the last question, I think in a way too. I mean, you saw it as a Bengals fan, right? Getting hot at the right time, rolling through the playoffs. I mean, I guess the Lions could look at it like that, too. Like, we get the win. We got to stay hot. We, this is when we need to be at our best, so we got to get rolling now before we hit the playoffs. I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see this offensive line as a whole just because I know it's a lot of what the attention goes to for the NFL is, man, they got one of the best offensive lines. And I think we've seen at times, you know, they're going to have losses. They're not perfect, especially on the interior. But I think we've seen now, like against Dallas, our ability to run the football. I think one of the positive takes away is, okay, there was negatives. They created negatives. Our short yardage, you know, rushing situations were awful. However, we did get a lot of movement in that game. And I think when you have that that you can kind of rely on, you start to look at who's in the NFC, right? If you look at any team in the NFC, you, you throw San Fran in the mix. The, the issues that they have a lot of times is they struggle in the interior to stop the run. I mean, Dallas, obviously, we showed that we can move there. Philadelphia has been terrible against the run recently. Arizona ran all over him. San Francisco's kind of weak in the interior. So every time you look at the NFC, you say that's a spot where we probably can expose them. So how does that translate into this? And then I would have to say golf because I think it's – I don't know. it. Like, to me, I think I know what golf is, so I kind of just know what I'm going to get out of him. But I also think for Jared Goff, like, when I watched, you know, the Dallas game, part of me was like, man – I understand why you didn't want to get in the drop back passing mode against that pass rush, but at the same time, kind of, it didn't work too bad. I mean, you, when you were in third and 10, it wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, he had the one interception, obviously the last drive, but when you allowed him to just play drop back and you protected, like he was actually pretty good in that game. So I'm excited to see what he does because, you know, it's almost like the Stafford thing in a way where Stafford had never won a playoff game. Then when he went to the playoffs and, you know, he kind of got that monkey off his back, then he was able to roll afterwards. Like, all the questions about golf and his future and all those things go out there and win a playoff game. And I thought ultimately that's what it was going to be here. We're going to be successful this season. We're going to win in the playoffs. And because that he was ultimately going to be our guy long-term and he would get an extension in some sort because of the run that they put together. And I think when you're winning in the playoffs, it's going to be hard to move off of that guy. So I want to see that. And then, and then really defensively, it'd be the cornerback position because I think it's the most critical position for us. I think I know what Cam Sutton is. I, he's not a number one to me, but he's solid. But it's also what Kendall Vilder has added. I, like, who the heck is that? But what he's added to this team, he's actually been pretty darn good at corner. And I think he's changed a lot for us. So I, I want to see how that guy holds up. Because like that Minnesota game, he made a crucial stop for us, forced a field goal for Minnesota. That piece specifically, a lot of these teams in the NFC, man, they have two good receivers. You need to have a number two that can't just get exposed. And in the past, we had that issue. I don't think we have that issue with Vilder. Okay. So, um... One of the things I've seen Lions fans talk about online in real life, talking to them, is they say, our defense sucks. 
especially our <laughs> secondary. Like, it's awful. And you just mentioned the thing you're most excited to see is right. some guys in your secondary. And uh, obviously, I think all Lions fans would agree when they're saying their secondary sucks, they're not talking about Brian Branch. They're talking about oh, yeah, yeah. everyone else. And I've seen people calling for your guys' defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, to be fired, which I thought was really funny because the NFLPA just voted him the best defensive coordinator. So, right. you got, but I don't think anyone would yeah. say you guys are the best defense. Does your defense concern you going into the playoffs, going against potentially the San Francisco 49ers, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense that has not been the problem? The Eagles problem has also been their defense. So, uh, right. Is this going to be a point where we see the old uh, defense wins championships mantra come true? So I this is this and I, I encourage anybody out there if they're watching this at the right time to just go look up the Lions defense statistics. Right. Look at the yards per carry yards per game. Do the same thing for pass defense. Complete percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, pressure rate. And compare that to the last five NFC championship teams, right? And you start to look at it, and you're like, man, the Lions are pretty comparable in a lot of these spots, especially the 2020 Buccaneers. They're almost the exact same across the board statistically to what the Buccaneers did when they won the NFC in 2020. And it's it's crazy because the number – hey, look, it's crazy, what? but hang with me. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Dude, what you got to say? Tom Brady? Oh, no, he don't need to be Tom Brady oh, okay. because it's, it's a regular I, – I get what you're saying. I hear you there. Right, it's different in the playoffs. Like, like for example, like a lot of these teams, like, um, you know, a lot of it comes back to turnover battle, right? And then you get into the playoffs and a team that was struggling in a turnover battle, all of a sudden it's much better there and it changes everything. Like, if you look at the losses, it's usually we lose the turnover battle. So it's kind of like that, I guess, for defense too because you can be really good against the run, then play a team that's really good, really good at rushing the football and you get – blown off the ball and it's like yeah your stats for the season look good but that team got you it was a bad matchup for you and they ran all over you so the real thing for me is this when I look at this defense I, I get what you're saying I hear it all the time too so I try to give Glenn some love my biggest issue with Glenn at times is we talked about having the trust in your players I think it trickles down to he believes in his coaches so much that the coaches believe in the players where to me and I know I've said this before I think Aaron Glenn gets overly confident in what his players can handle so he'll put them in spots where I'm like, oh, let's just maybe not do that. You know, like, like, and I, it was great examples, but like when Crystal Lave is one-on-one with Jacobs, I love me some Jerry Jacobs, but at the same time, be like, all right, I'm putting safety up over top. You know, I like Jerry Jacobs, but I'm putting safety up. I'm not leaving him one-on-one. We leave him one-on-one, I score a touchdown. So there's spots like that where I'm like, all right, we're maybe just trusting a little bit too much of what's here. However, my biggest concern with the defense is really the linebacker position because I know what I'm going to get out of Alex Anzalone, and I think we've seen growth from a lot of the linebackers as we continue here towards the end of the season. But it's about those guys being caught up in the mix. You know, our two biggest losses really this season, you know, Baltimore blown out in that game. You had Jack Campbell playing on line of scrimmage. You had multiple breakdowns between those guys where guys were just left uncovered. And I thought that's what got us in that game is, man, we were just breaking down to the second level and Baltimore just attacked that. So then I think maybe you could say the same thing about Seattle in some spots too. That's the biggest concern, but I think we've seen growth there. So it's about the fact is you don't really have a lot of these spots, we have guys coming, right? Ali McNeil's coming. We know he's going to help us. We can already get pressure on the edge. We know Ali McNeil's coming. He's going to help us. But at linebacker, there's no one that's going to come in and make you better. You have what you have. These guys just need to grow up fast, and that's like a rookie. And at the same time, Jalen's Mabins add a little bit there. But outside of that, like, I, I hear it. The statistics are good, actually pretty darn good on the season. And I, I think because Vilder, a guy like that, doesn't have a big name. If Let's say this. Let's say Kendall Vilder was a fifth-round draft pick this year, and he came in, and now he's playing for his first time. Fans would be hyped. Because they'd be like, look, man, we just found our future at corner, right? He's solid at corner. We're good at number two. But because he's Kendall Vilder, you're like, who in the heck is this dude? Ah, he's all right. But he's actually playing really well. So it's kind of like, what's the backstory there? And to me, again, we're not going to wake up overnight and be the Jets at corner. But at the same time, I don't think we need that. We need a backbone, which is we're an elite run defense. We've been for a year and a half. So as long as that's there, then it's about creating turnovers. And if you look at the Lions – Recently, the turnover is starting to come along. So to the point that I just made, right, about stopping the run versus playing a good team that can run the ball, the turnovers on the season, I think we have like 16 interceptions. It's not bad. But the thing is, is that recently we're starting to see those rack up and pile up. And that's been a huge um, part of getting iffy at safety. He's added that to us. He had one against Dallas. That's allowed Kirby to play more in his role. He's had tons of picks. And now you just throw a guy like C.D. Deuce back into that mix who had six picks last year. For the Lions, I think the recipe is going to be that simple. We have to be able to be multiple in coverage, stop the run, and create turnovers. And we're going to be aggressive doing so. So you'll give up some things, but they're going to be aggressive trying to get the ball back to the offense. 
That is the most optimistic I've ever heard any Lions fan <laughs> talk about their defense. <laughs> well, you got the right person for that. You got the right person for that, man. <laughs> I know. Hey, some people don't like it. They're like, oh no, man. But I'm, but I'm telling you. And this, and I'll say this. I said this. You know, when you said golf slump, right? The interceptions and things like that. Chicago on the road. And I came out. I made the video, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm drawing the line right now, right here. Golf will not be the reason that this team doesn't get where they want to be because I know who golf is and you're looking at these interceptions. A lot of times, you know, people will throw statistics or to look at a play and there's, you know, there's questions. Oh man. Oh, look at that guy. He was cooking something. But at the same time, it's a lot of times like we just don't want to put context to anything for some reason. And we're looking at a lot of interceptions. Like you got to put context to this. I mean, one's a heave, right? One's a fourth down of 10. If he doesn't throw it, what do you just take a sack? Like, is that better that we look back? We say he didn't throw a pick that week. So like, it's kind of that same thing where I, I feel very confident knowing what we have. So with that, I know that I'm concerned at times at linebacker. I thought I'd be more concerned against Dallas, and I thought they played really well. So I think where my concerns are are just what I believe in this team into your pressure, but Aleem's coming back. So for me, it's I, I feel good about corner because I think I think Builders add a lot for us, and we're just solid there. We're not great, but we're solid, and we can rely on that. Trust. And Branch is, like, Branch is an animal, so that's a good point. Branch is an animal. Trust what you got. There you go. What, you got what, what do I um, – <clears throat> No, I mean, I, I just – I felt like it was, like you said, a very optimistic take on the entire Lions defense. Because, like I said, um, very similar to Josh, um, a lot of Lions fans have been, you know, kind of cropping on the idea of, you know, the Lions needing a better secondary and whatnot. And I, I personally, you know, don't see the Lions defense as the biggest issue at all. I, I feel like you guys have a really solid team. So I, I don't I mean, obviously, maybe it's like your weakest point, but I don't think it's like a point that's going to like destroy you guys come playoffs. In my opinion, I, I feel like there's been other teams out there that have way worse secondaries and offenses and defenses and whatnot that have to deal with bigger problems in the Lions. And I, I don't hey, think the Lions have any. You know, let's say what you're going to say. I'm on the radio. Say what you're going to say. I'm here. What? Are, what, are, what? <laughs> no, no I think I think the Lions are good, bro. <laughs> I don't know if you see hey, that hey. tape. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I think he was caught off guard. <laughs> Did you see that? Have you seen that the Dan Campbell on the radio show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so you okay. knew what I was doing. You knew what I was doing. All right, all right. You pulled that on me, but it it took me like two seconds for it to click, and I was like, bro, like I, no, 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 no. not not what Spotify. <laughs> the fear in Chuss's eyes when Dion said it that just, for a second was so like, like this guy. I just made this guy so mad. He's never coming back. I'm, <laughs> No, because no, because like like I said, I, I'm I'm a big line supporter. They they helped me. Uh, they helped me win my uh, fantasy football championship and beat Josh actually. So, oh beautiful! Uh, <laughs> you, just had to, you just had to. Yeah, I mean, I had to throw that in there. You know, I mean, Amon Ra, Lamar, uh, Laporta, and um, David Montgomery. You can't beat that. So, yeah, couldn't beat that this year. So, but um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I, I liked your uh, optimism with it, and I, I really think you guys are going to be. And a, and a set for a good, uh, a good playoff run. Uh, I mean, my dad is a Steelers fan as well, but his dream Super Bowl has always been the Lions and the Cleveland Browns, and he was kind of hoping for that this year. So let, let's try to make that happen. Hey, listen, the Lions, wow. uh, uh, yeah, they, they both have they both have never won a Super Bowl. They both have had zero and sixteen seasons. It's time to give one of these teams the glory. Okay, Shoot, neither of us have even been there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. There. So that's why my dad said that would be his dream Super Bowl. So, and obviously he would root for the Lions to win, but because that's good. No, no love for Cleveland Shout over out here. To Mr. Over... Lentz, fan of the yeah, show. Yeah, big fan of the show. Um, he's catching up right now. He said he's on episode one thirty-two or something. He's way far back. He's way far back right now. But he told me that uh, at one point you said that uh, Stan was better than me, and I, I think I'm a little offended that you said that. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the context. I plead the. I'm just playing. I, 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 he did say that, but I, I it doesn't matter. It, it's literally. I don't care. I couldn't uh, care less. It, it was when I was interning and stuff. So probably annoyed with you because it was probably one of the weeks the Bengals lost to the Steelers. Um, and then I just happened to beat you in fantasy that week too because yeah. we played both Bengals games and the Steelers one. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, so off topic. Go back to what you said. You said you don't feel like the Lions worst like thing they need to worry about is their defense what do you think Chuss, that the defense that the lions have to worry about i the problem is is like i feel like in my opinion 
with the defense, like I definitely think it is something to worry about. But the problem is, is as long as you guys can stay hot, like anything can happen. And, and that's why, like, I've always kind of been a big believer in that because right now people are believing that the Steelers could go to the AFC Championship. Now, I don't believe that can happen because our secondary is very thin right now because of how many injuries we have. But it's not impossible if the right guys stay healthy, you know, and everything just kind of rolls the same. And I think if you guys just roll the way you will, you can you can topple anybody. You, we've seen, I mean, we've seen like miracle teams like make it through in so many different sports. Yet we we haven't seen a seventh seed. I don't think win yet. But um, I really think that like at, at a point, like you catch a team off guard one game. Like even the San Francisco 49ers, like they're a good team. But it, at one moment, you know, Debo Samuel or one of their key players gets hurt in one of the games, just happens to tweak themselves, can't play against you guys one week. You guys, it, Brock Purdy might be all out of sorts because he doesn't have McCaffrey to throw screen passes to. And next thing you know, you just you just like just zoom past the 49ers and you never thought it. So I don't I think it just is a matter of what team is hotter than you in the playoffs at that given moment and keeping your team healthy. And I feel like that just goes for most of these playoff teams, because obviously you guys won the division. You have a really complete team um, and then just staying consistent nowadays, because like if you can it can continue the consistency and you try to like make sure you hold on to those leads and whatnot, I think, I think you guys are going to be fine. And I think you guys are doing everything correctly, in my opinion. That's why I don't think you guys need to really worry too much. But He's picking us to win the Super Bowl. We got you. We got well, it. Look, hey, shout out to Mason uh, Rudolph. Maybe we'll see the Steelers. No, there. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Old Josh. <laughs> I, am, I am kind of slightly okay with the Browns winning just because it'll be really funny to watch them go back to Deshaun Watson if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl. Mm. But... Yeah, that's the only but, reason. But, but but you you wouldn't want to see the Steelers. You wouldn't want to see uh, good old Mason Rudolph go and go against uh, Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. No, and you t- don't want that either because then Kenny Pickett isn't the starter anymore. But I like Mason Rudolph. But you like and Kenny Pickett. I like both of them. Oh. Start them both. Start wild, them both. Wildcat. I'm telling you, it could work. We talked about this in text. <laughs> Wildcat formation, both out there. No idea who it's going to snap to. It'll be, it'll be nuts. That well, I mean, we'll we'll take that because I mean, anything can happen with that. I mean, literally, I mean, you didn't after Nick Foles went and won the Eagles Super Bowl, he didn't start with the Eagles the next year. So, and Mason yeah. Rudolph's only signed for a one year deal, so Mason could go and get signed anywhere else if the Steelers don't want to keep him. So, it's not a situation where like Mason Rudolph is guaranteed starter. He's, he's only here for the rest of the year. So. Okay. Well, one last question I have for Dion here as we're starting to wrap up here, my dream NFC championship is the Detroit lions against the San Francisco 49ers. And to make it to the super bowl, you guys are going to have to face the 49ers at some point. You mentioned the lions run defense is very good. Can you guys stop? Christian McCaffrey, one of my favorite players to watch. I know the 49ers are beatable, but I think, honestly, Trent Williams has to be injured. All of the games, except for the Ravens games, Ravens game that the Lion, or the 49ers lost, Trent Williams was injured or out. So uh, do you think you guys can beat that Hall of Fame left tackle, first of all? And I can't remember which side Hayden Hutchinson usually lines up on, right or left. Usually on the right tackle. Usually yeah. on the right. Okay, so he won't be facing uh, Williams as much. But you've got Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, just the Avengers of an offense in the 49ers. Can the Lions beat that team? I, no, I absolutely believe so. And here's the thing. like I was asked this a couple times, like my top three teams I'm worried about in the NFC, and I would always put San Fran at one. Like It was always like no-brainer, San Fran's at one. But honestly, like at this point, like I – I don't know. I, I Here's my thing. First off, I watched Washington last week, and they kept it close at halftime, and it, it wasn't perfect. Like, McCaffrey still had some good runs in the first half, but they actually did pretty well containing that. And I think for the Lions, their, their best bet to slowing down to McCaffrey is going to be the defensive back run support because for them, I think a lot of things that pop up is, you know, if I asked you, like most people, like who's their defensive tackles, right? If without a Lee McNeil, who starts a defensive tackle for the Lions? Most people would have no idea who these dudes are, right? The Lions, I mean, Benito Jones, Tyson Alawalu's playing last week. Who are these dudes, right? 
But what the Lions have for them is that it's the third level that's so good against the run, as well as the schematic side where they bring the blitz to stop the run. They created tackles for loss against Dallas. So I think those positions would specifically be the biggest difference because for McCaffrey, like you guys said, with the screens and wanting to throw in screens, even if it's not a run play, everything they want to get, like if they want to get things horizontal. So how are those guys going to step up? And I have tons of confidence that our defensive backs, they tackle really well. Builder's been another good piece for that. They play the run really well. And that those pieces would actually be the difference there to helping us limit that. But San Fran, I would expect them to put up points, though outside of Williams, I don't love their offensive line. I think you can get pressure outside of Williams, definitely across left guard to right tackle. And then, uh, like I said, offensively, like I think you can run against this team. I think we've seen that you can run the ball against this defense and at cornerback you know ward stepped up he's been massive recently there's still questions opposite of that like with ambry thomas and who's also going to play in the secondary so yeah i mean it's a good defense the biggest challenge we'd have with san fran is their linebacker core to me that's been our biggest issue offensively this year and i think again i've thrown this theory out there many times on many shows so here you go i'm giving y'all y'all this too my theory is this the linebacker position and the tight end position are going to be the key spots for the next three to four years, right? We're going to start to see the growth of this position, how important it is in the NFL for every team because of where the NFL is going, right? Schematically, two high safeties, let's blitzing, yards per attempt is down for everybody across the league, which has led to, you know, tight ends being so involved because every most quarterbacks want to attack the middle of the field. That's where everybody's comfortable. It's rare to see guys stack. Like, you know who has the most, I think it's the most yards outside the numbers. It's Justin Fields. Most quarterbacks want to play between the numbers. So, that tied along with who's going to stop that is linebackers. And like we see with the Dolphins, so many of their in-breaking routes, right? So much of that offense, who do they have trouble with? Baltimore, because Baltimore's elite at linebacker. They pick it off. They take it back. And I think that's where San Fran would give us the most problems is that they can make it very difficult to live in the middle of the field. And I think that's where you're seeing the best defenses are showing up as they're elite in the middle of the field right now, like the Baltimore Ravens. So that'd be the big challenge for us. The run game would have to be there. That way you can set the play action and expose those corners one-on-one. But I, I get your name of the Avenger, Avengers. But I'll tell you what, I, I could rattle some names too, man. St. Brown, my man knows, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. Like, there's some problems over here, okay? They don't want to deal with Jamison Williams one-on-one. There's going to have to be help thrown over there because he'll get you for one. We just saw it against Dallas. He's coming along right now. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to need that game-winning touchdown in the there you go. NFC Championship, please, because he's done nothing. We hyped him up I- so much. And, like, yeah, where'd he go? Right. No, I mean, look, hey, so this is I was thinking about this because this was the last show that we did. He's had three receptions. He's had uh, one in three different games. And, you know, the, two of them have been pretty critical. You know, he had the big one against the Bears on like the dig route. And he had the slant for a first down against Minnesota. The other one was just something underneath. What what's happened, I think, too, is the last two weeks we haven't seen the snap counts there anymore. He's really dropped off in snap counts. Now, he did have a big block for us against Dallas. And we were able to kind of transition into instead of asking your tight end, to kind of pin down these edge defenders. We put people's Jones at spot and he laid a good block. We were able to get outside of him. So he still has some of that value there. Um, I think for him, it's turning into Jameis Williams snap counts are taking off. So you're seeing that and the teams that start with speed as well. Kylie Freeman is now taking more snaps against certain matchups. I think people's Jones still has a role in this team. I still would like to see more in the red zone. That hasn't really became a thing. We've seen him run routes there. We've seen him in the back of the end zone. We've seen things like that, but it hasn't really become a real role for him. So I think there's a specific route tree that he can run. I still believe that he would run better than Jamison Williams. But at the same time, Jamison is now taking a ton of these snaps. So I don't know that he gets that opportunity unless something pops up. However, it's great to have him in case something does pop up because I would feel fine with people's Jones starting opposite of Josh Reynolds or whatever that may be if we ever needed to go that route. We're just luckily we don't have to go that route right now. So I think it could be big at some point in time, but right now it hasn't really been been there. You're right. I was kind of joking. I joked when you were last on about them kind of using him as a tight end to block, and apparently yeah. uh, that's what you guys decided to do. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of did, yeah. That's that's all I got um, for. I got Lions going to the Super Bowl. Would love to see another cat team win. Uh, if the Bengals can't do it, cat teams unite. Uh, Chus, do you have anything? No, I'm just, I just, I like that the, I like your theory with the, the tight end position because, you know, me and Josh actually had a discussion on how critical a tight end could be for winning a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if it was last, it had to have been last year, but I don't, it might've been early last year, like probably like March or something like as like our in between before the draft and stuff. So I like that you brought that back up again, because I always was, uh, 
big believer in the tight end position and how much it's grown over the last couple of years. And to see it potentially grow over the next four years with linebackers and whatnot, I think that would be really cool because every, you know, every so often, like every, like maybe like five, 10 years or so, there's always like a change in the game somewhere. And uh, I would love to see it be the tight end. I feel like that would be so sick. So, but that, that's all I got. I think, I think, I think I'm content. You guys got a good tight end over there. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Smooth. As long as they as long as they throw it to him. As long as they throw it to him. But he's yeah, still yeah, popular, yeah. So. Irv, our practice squad tight end is better than <laughs> our starting tight end. Irv. Shout out to Irv Smith, man. Bring him back to Minnesota. <laughs> he can he can go back to Minnesota. I don't we don't want him. Dang. It sucks. Okay. Dang. Wow. What about Drew Sample? Don't you guys have Drew Sample still? Yeah, so we got Come on, man. we got Irv on a one year deal. He uh, fumble. I think he has more fumbles than catches. Uh, and Drew, Drew's just kind of there. Um, he has the occasional catch. Second round pick in 2019, I believe. He uh, he's he's a run blocker. That's the only reason I defend having him on the team. Tanner yeah, Hudson's really been those. the guy to step up. Uh, practice squad. He was there with Jake Browning, so I think they kind of already had that chemistry. But Tanner Hudson's kind of my dude that we've been rocking with at the tight end position. We need some help. If uh, Brock Bowers falls, I wouldn't be mad about them grabbing him. I doubt he falls that far, though. Yeah. But uh, that's another guy. We could have had Sam Laporta. You guys stole him later on. Hey, I, I wish Jordan Battle was anywhere else right now. but Dude, I love yeah. Jordan Battle. Although – Okay, 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 he, okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to get riled up about him. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Let's let's just end the show. Let's end the show. I could do a whole another. Uh, yeah, I think I think we need to save a Jordan Battle uh, segment for a, an episode in a couple of weeks or so. He's gonna get that interception. Uh, Jeff yeah, you, Driscoll, you, you, Jeff is gonna throw it. Don't you have one more game? You guys got eliminated, so you got one more game left. One more, Jeff Driscoll. He has almost had a turnover in every. Okay, no, never mind. And we're ending. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at bullmoosepodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. I'm also going to include a Dose of Dion 2.0's YouTube channel down in the comments so or in the description. So if you want to go check out Dion's channel, go do that. He's kind of smart, as you can tell. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description. So check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.